All right, so this is another episode of Diamonds Blaze Podcast, and I will be talking to my son, my only son, my beloved young man, Michael. How are you today, son? Honestly, feel good, but uh, um, my back doesn't really feel right. I know we've been talking about your back for a while, but um, but let's let's not focus on on that right now. We're going to talk about you and I, mother and son. Okay, so tell me something about yourself that that you don't mind sharing with other people. I well, I actually like spending time with my with uh with with my mom because usually she's at work. Uh, from early in the morning to uh, 5.30. She's usually gone all day, and we don't really see her that much. So so when she usually comes home, and when she uh, gets herself uh, situated, um, and when she's in here, we spend as much time as we can before she's off to bed. Okay, so I said tell me something about yourself, and, and you... <laughs> I love oh. you, man. So you're 13, you turned the big one three, you're an official teenager, you've been that way, well, you turned 13 back in September. Um, so what's it like being being a teenage boy? Uh, it's, it's fun, but uh, um, at the same time, it's actually kind of annoying because when my dad keeps calling me and, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you basically know how it is because uh i mean i love being a teenager although i don't really do none of the stuff teenagers actually do because i don't even pay attention to this to pay attention to that kind of stuff so what kind of stuff are you talking about uh i don't really know but um i've heard a couple stuff but it's just that i can't remember the names of them like what have you heard that that some teenage boys do around your age like uh, like do stuff behind their parents' backs, mm-hmm. and um, you know, just disobeying and just uh, um, paying attention to themselves and not not spending time with their families. Well, some some teenage boys do that, but uh, me, I only do th- I only do that when I have an, when I do important things. But uh, but but during my free time, I don't. Okay, so what is something that that you have thought about as far as your future? Have you thought about what you wanted to do after you graduated high school? Uh, no, not yet. But um, but I was thinking that uh, when I'm off of college, when I graduate high school, right? Um, my my future. Is that is that everything is peaceful? I have a nice family, a nice house, and maybe and hopefully a pet, but a nice pet. But um, uh, um, yeah, yeah. Basically, I want my future to be peaceful. No, no destruction in the way, and no problems, no arguments, none of that. Just just paying bills. And just taking care of everyone and everything in the house and keeping the place clean. 
Okay. So now I know that you've had a lot of concern, especially, um, you know, with last year with COVID, you know, when it, when it started up, um, what is your, your biggest, um, I don't want to say fear, but what would you like to see change? So then, um, you know, our lives can get back to normal. What would, you know, how before we would always plan on doing stuff and then we never did it because of a lot of garbage that popped up. Yep. So what do you, what, what is one of the things that you would like to see us do as a family once, um, once we're clear to live our lives again? I would love to see less arguing and less pollution and less um, being lazy. Well, wow. You mean you just want to burp and I say, excuse me? Excuse me. Uh, But but anyway, I would like, I would like this. I would like our, uh, when our lives get back to normal, I would like for this family to stop being so lazy and stop, uh, um, you know, uh, not being not doing anything, just sitting down, not cleaning up, mm-hmm. and not and not participating in anything. Just staying in your room all day and not doing anything. Yeah, and I want to agree with you on that because I get tired of telling you all to stop being lazy. <laughs> like seriously, just cut it out. Yeah, I know. But um, besides that. Now, I know that there's, by you coming into this age that you're in and you're starting to see life a lot differently um, than you have as a young kid and as, as a young black male, what do you see as a big concern that you have with being a black man or a young black male in our world today, living in America. Uh, I don't like. I don't like seeing. I don't like uh, seeing people. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm not talking white or black situations, but um, but I, I just don't like it when other people judge judge us by our color, cause cause we're, we're even though that even though that the color of our skin is different, we're all the same. But uh, but not the same people. We don't have we don't like the same things, you know you know that type of stuff. But we're all but we're all, but we're all supposed to be united. We're not supposed to be turning against each other. We should be working together instead of going against each other. We should be working together, you know. Mm-hmm. So working together, you mean in, in what way? And like uh, keeping our world healthy, keeping our kids safe. And uh, you know, not you know, no pollution, and basically no drugs, cause one that is messing up everyone's life, and uh, and since we have a new president, I th- I think this year and next year will be much better than what Trump had put us through. <laughs> okay, that's that's a big mouthful there. No, well, you guys know it's true. Well, a. I agree. I'm not going to disagree. And I'm, I'm just saying I'm glad that you're very observant in that area. So now my next question, young man of mine, you got a girlfriend? No. You want a girlfriend? I do, but... uh. Why do you want a girlfriend? 
Because I'm not gay. <laughs> okay. Besides that part, what, why, well, okay. How do you think you're ready for a girlfriend? Like, what do you, what do you think you have to offer right now? Uh, respect, um, boundaries, responsibility, no clumsiness, and no irritation, no immatureness, and, uh, being mature, being responsible, respectful. You think you got some swag? <laughs> I'm messing with you. Okay. So if you had to have a choice, what would your ideal girlfriend be? I mean, because right now, you know, you're still young and things will change as you get older. But if you had an ideal girlfriend as a 13-year-old, what would she be like? Uh, she would be responsible, respectful, always clean, and um, uh, and cute and smart, intelligent, and it's uh, not and is not lazy. Um, completely keeps her stuff clean and organized, and keeps her house a nice way. Okay, so are we done here? No, boy cut that out anyway and and i know that you're going to want to get off and go on somewhere so i'm gonna let you do that i'm gonna ask you one more question and then i'll let you go so you know that i've taught you all the importance of having a relationship with god and having a foundation spiritually yes um how do you feel when you pray and how do you feel knowing that your parents have taught you the importance of having a spiritual relationship with God. I feel like I could actually make a difference and I feel completely blessed and cleansed when I talk to them during prayers and I feel safe at night and during the day. And I feel like uh, I could basically do anything that, that comes to my mind I feel like that I that I'm uh, that I'm that I'm actually successful. Okay. Well, well, Mikey, I'm going to cut that with you because I know you have something else that that you would want to do. Um, well, pretty much, I know you got something else to do, but I just want to let you know that you being my only son that God blessed me with, I love you. And you and I are going to have a relationship and a bond, unlike your sisters. Not saying that it's going to be any better or worse, but because, you know, you were born so small. And I had asked God to bring you into my life because I needed to have you here as my guardian angel. Okay. And I needed to feel that blessing that I know you are and i'm just so thankful for you that i won't ever take that for granted and just know that it doesn't matter who you're going to be with i'm going to be very very extremely 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 <laughs> selective of the woman that you decide to be in your life on a permanent basis but the other thing that i want you to understand too is that any woman that cannot respect her relationship 
well, not hers, but cannot respect your relationship that you have with God, most importantly, and the foundation that I set for you to be respectful, be loving, and, and be supportive as much as you can for a woman. If they can't respect that, they don't need to be with you. If a woman cannot respect you, she don't need to be with you. Be very careful because there are some women that will try to play with your emotions because you're a sweetheart. I ain't with it. Not with it. Any woman that come after you and they hurt you, not only do you have four sisters, but you got mama bear that's always going to be there to protect. Oh my gosh. All right, son. You can go ahead and do what you want to do. Okay. See you guys later. Mm-hmm. So, I had to um, put that out there with him because I already knew it was going to be a very, very short um, conversation with him because he's. Uh- The thing about my son that I love the most is his innocence and his um, and his eagerness to actually try to figure out who he is and to learn about himself coming into adolescence. And I love his relationship with me, you know, and I love how he adores me. I, I kid you not, that's out of all the men I've ever had in my life, and I know my son is not a young man yet, but he's getting there. I love how my son adores me and how he wants to make sure that I'm okay. Not to say that my daughters don't because they do, but it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different connection and, and experience. And that I can truly say I'm very blessed and thankful for. Um, the other, the other thing about my son is that he knows that at some point he's going to be taking care of his sisters. And that's what he said. He promised that he would always do for me. Um, once they became adults and once, um, once they, you know, came out and, um, started living on their own and everything like that. My biggest fear for my son though is by him being a young black man coming in, in into this American society that we live in. My son already had strikes against him and he had them against him the moment he was conceived, the moment his sexual organs became in place, the moment he was born. Because I know as he gets older, he's going to have this bullseye on him. He's going to have a label on him as a another black dude in America who probably won't amount to a damn thing. And it's my job and his father's job to try to make sure that he's a positive product of our society so he will not become another statistic. I pray for my son all the time. I pray for the guidance and the coverage and just to make sure that he's good because he's not going to be given a fair chance in this world. And he knows that. He knows that he's going to be looked at as a threat. He's going to be looked at as a menace and as a problem. He knows that. And how do he know? Because he watches TV, 
he watches what's going on out in the streets and he listens to what his parents tell him. He knows he has to be prepared to deal with inequality because he's black. He knows he's going to have to deal with the stigma that he's not going to amount to anything, like I've said before, because he's a black man in the making. He's automatically not going to be given a chance just because of that. And that is so unfair to someone who is so loving and kind and generous right now in this day and age. You pretty much know how your kids are once they, pretty much once they hit between 11 and 14, so to say. And I know he still has a lot of grooming to do, and I know there's still a lot of time to get him where he needs to be. But sometimes it's it's the foundations that we look for, and it's the characteristics and the traits that we always have to be on a lookout for. So as far as my son and how and how it goes with him, he's getting the foundation. I just hope and pray that what we teach him, he will use it to the to his benefit. And he will not be afraid to stand up for who he, you know, for what he believes in. And he will not be able to um, stand down when somebody tries to punk him or bully him. The thing about my son is that he, uh, sometimes he wants to emulate his father. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But there are so many things that his father tried to tell him not to do because his father was not the strongest person that he should have been coming up. So... It's, it's, a, it's a concern that, you know, he'll get pushed over. My son is small. He, he's on a small scale as far as growth, you know, height and weight. He's, he's a small guy. So that's the other thing I'm extremely nervous about when it comes to my son. And I know at some point he's going to have a growth spurt. He's going to grow up. He's going to do some amazing things. I already know that and see that. But the only fear that I have, not the only one, but the biggest one, and I cannot claim that, and I'm not going to claim it either. <sighs> the thing that, that gets me the most is, I just never know if somebody's gonna want to bully him or try to take his life over something so superficial. I have seen how so many young men had their lives taken by police, had their lives taken by people in their own family, by the streets, by suicide, by mistaken identity, by everything. I have seen how the black men in my race and in my culture have struggled and suffered and have bowed down and tried to put their place in a world and in a culture that was never made for them. So when I see my son and I know he has to grow up in this, I prayed for my son to be here because I wanted my son. I wanted him. But when I see what he's going to have to live with, it makes me wonder, why would I pray for my son to be 
in a world that's not going to give a damn about him. So with my concerns and my worries, I always pray up to the most high and I always ask for guardian angels to watch over my son and over my daughters and over all the men in my family as much as possible, especially for my son. Look, I've talked and talked and I've said my son so many times because he's the only one that God will ever give me. Granted, I have a stepson and you know, it's that that's a whole nother thing. Uh, but the one that I gave birth to, the one that I worried about when he was sick, it, there's just, there's nothing like it. And I've seen some of my friends lose their sons and and in their daughters, I, I've seen it. Um, some of my relatives, you know, they, they've lost their, that's a pain that God knows I don't want. I don't, I don't ever pray for that. I don't want that. I pray for my kids all the time. I do. But I pray for my son harder than I do my daughters. I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but you cannot blame me for that. So I dedicate this particular podcast to my beloved young man, whom I had named Michael with a Y. I know Michael's normally with an I and everybody's well, but see, Michael with the Y, that's because he's my son. That's my Michael. <laughs> but anyway, just to touch base on some things um, that I felt like I needed to share as far as a mother's love for her children. I miss that. I miss that so much. And I know I've talked about my boy that I had with my own. I can't stress that enough. And I know a lot of people have their moments when they when they talk. But, you know, doing this podcast, it's not just sharing. It's also healing and therapeutic, you know, and sharing my story. I want other people to know that, you know, you can always share your own story, too. And and be purposeful for someone else, just like someone else is purposeful for you. Then I see some people who have kids and take advantage of their kids or have kids and mistreat their kids. I never liked that for the simple fact that I know how that feels to be mistreated. And I don't want my kids to feel the same pain that I felt. Now, sometimes my kids notice that when I come home, I isolate. A lot of times I just have to isolate to get myself together. And I need that time. I need that me time. Like right now, this is my me time. And with the me time, if I don't get myself together and regroup and decompress, I'm just going to be running on fumes and I'm not going to be good for my children who need me. The last thing that I ever want to do is be distant and absent, not just in the in the physical, but also in, in the emotional too. So where does that take me? Where where am I going with this? I became a mother at 20 years old. 
And if I could do things differently, I definitely would have. I would not have looked at the norm of, oh, it's normal to, to get knocked up and run off from relationship to relationship, you know, and um, have the drama of the relationships and doing a grind or going to work and everything, dropping out of college. Oh, and all of that's normal because that's all I saw. I didn't see consistency in my life. And because of the lack of consistency and the lack of support, I was running amok and didn't even know it. I was doing so much to myself that was so detrimental, not just for um, my kids that I ended up having, but it was for myself. I didn't give myself enough time to live and experience life. I've never traveled outside of the United States. I've never traveled to another U.S. territory. The farthest west that I've ever been was Chicago. Like, I have not done anything I want to do with my life. And I'm 42 years old. And I want to start to live before my life is taken from me. COVID really put a lot of things in perspective a lot more than ever before. Being forced to sit still and wait for the world to open back up again, when that makes you think. You think you have all this time in the world to do everything and you really don't. I could lay down and go to sleep right now and not wake up tomorrow and still have not achieved anything except self-publishing my own books being a light in some other people's lives, bringing a smile to people who need them. And for those who have found contempt with me or dislike or, or, or whatever with me, that's them and their stuff. But at the end of the day, I got to do what I got to do for my kids and for myself as much as possible. So saying all that to say, I'm going to end this particular segment. I know this one was pretty short, but I think that it was the most powerful and significant for me in recognizing that my son has brought me into a full circle on helping me realize who I am as a black woman in America. I am looked at to my kids as the person that has made a foundation and the blueprint on how to be productive. Now I have my shortcomings, I have my downfalls just like everyone else. But one thing that they cannot say is that I was never there for them and that they did not feel love for me. Well, I'll say three of my four <laughs> can say that. But, um, and that's, that's to be expected. All, all kids ain't going to have the same relationship with their parents or um, the same viewpoint of their parents as, as the next. But my son, I cannot stress enough. Knowing that, no, and I've, before my husband, I've dated, whatever, no other male in my life has ever made me feel loved the way that my son do. And I'll always love and appreciate him for that. 
and now I know what it means to have a mother's love and a, and a, a mother-son relationship. So until the next time, I hope you all have a very blessed and breezy evening. Y'all stay safe, mask up, and do what you got to do. Keep it breezy.